0: Good morning. My name is Melissa Forge. I serve here as the executive pastor, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. We are so thankful that you are with us. If you are a guest, we would love for you to connect with us. You can text WELCOME to 817-755-1668, or if you're watching online, you can... um, message us on Facebook on the, on the live, or you can text the number as well. So we are continuing in our fundamental series that we have, uh, Bill started last week walking through um, the table pathway, and really this is a guide of, of growth and multiplication here at the table, and it's just something that we are trying to um, implement uh, really communicate well with you. Uh, it's not really steps, it's really just a guide for us. And so last week we walked through Explore, which is where we're asking questions about our faith. Like, do we have the answers to these questions? Do we ever think about them? And then how do we go about getting those answers? And, and here, while you are exploring the table and kind of figuring out what we are, we want you to take the time to get to know the church, it's important to just take time and figure out who we are, what we believe, what what's important to us. And so we encourage you to that. And like Bill said, our elders are super accessible and our team leads and our, our staff. We try to be accessible and answer those questions. And today we'll be looking at grow. And the, our hope is that you grow in your faith, you grow in your understanding of Scripture, um, and you grow in your understanding of God's character, and you grow in your relationship with other people. Um, all of that is vital to our spiritual growth. And we'll be looking at Colossians where Paul has, is, is praying specifically for spiritual growth in a church plant. And so we are going to dive in. We've got a lot to cover today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you guys to turn them to the Colossians. If um, you guys are on the YouVersion Bible app, you, can, you guys can scroll there and find the live event, and the scripture will be on the screen. And so in Colossians today, we'll be in uh, one uh, 9 through 14, and it's a letter from the imprisoned Apostle Paul. In fact, Paul has never been to the the church at Colossae. He Epaphras is a, a man that he sent to plant this church, and Epaphras is is asking Paul to write this letter to this church, the young church plant. And his concern was not that his church was not believing in Jesus. His current concern was his church believers were beginning to fall into some um, new beliefs. So like this this new philosophy was happening of, of mysticism and Jewish law that was infiltrating in the church and adding on to the gospel, adding on to the teachings of Jesus. And they were becoming confused about what was true and what was faithful. And he saw this slide happening. So he went to Paul and Paul addresses the church. And so join me in the reading in, of Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason also, since the day we heard of this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance, in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And that prayer is coming from... Um, verses one through eight, where uh, Paul is is thanking God for the love, the hope, and the faith of this church. He believes that this is a faithful church, and he believes that because he's seeing faith, lo- love, and hope, and those are things that God produces in believers. And so when we see that, we can see the fruit of their faith. And now he's moving from a prayer of thanksgiving on behalf of of those people, and moving into a prayer of petition, requesting something of God for this church. And so in verse nine, we see him saying, we've been praying for you, we haven't stopped, so you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So he is asking that we will walk out our faith in a manner that pleases the Lord. By understanding his will, and asking for wisdom. And so the, the thing that he talks about in, in 10 and 11 of walking in a manner worthy, okay, walking in a way that we are representing Christ in all that we do. He's petitioning the God for the church to have strength in doing that. Now, he is not asking for knowledge for knowledge's sake. He's not asking just to to be smarter, to win Bible bingo, or win an argument on Facebook, okay? He's asking, that was a joke, um, he's asking for God to provide this church with his spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they will know his will. It's to be so filled with truth that they are armed with the, the gift of discernment that they can distinguish between you know, the false teachings and truth. And what's so powerful here is God's will is not hidden. God's will is not hidden. It's, it's right here. Now, it's holy. It's set apart. It's different because it's from him. It's special because it's about him. But it's still available to all of us. It's still available to them. There's nothing being kept from us. There's no secret. There's no decoder ring that we have to have to know God's will the power and the truth of who God is is found in scripture. And so many of us this church and us included we want new knowledge at times because we feel like something's being withheld from us. And so we're always looking for kind of like this new thing or this new code or this new mystery to unlock. It's kind of always like we're always looking for the new, the better, the the secret to this faith thing. And Paul does something amazing here that I don't want us to miss is that Instead of praying for them to have this new spiritual experience, to have something that attracts them back to the Lord and back to truth, he prays for them to continue to grow in what they already have experienced. See, God loving us so much that he made a way for us to be reconciled to him through salvation is something that every believer has experienced, That God chose salvation for us. Jesus' work on the cross of justification, which means making unholy people good enough to be before a holy God. His death and burial and resurrection allows for the Holy Spirit to live in me in a spirit of regeneration, meaning new life, being reborn into a new life. Every single Christian has experienced this. But yet, we are seeking something new here in this church. Instead of looking for the new, next, shiny, pretty, fun thing, he's saying, sit in what you already know and grow in that. Study gives us a deeper knowledge and understanding about him, which grows our love and our intimacy with him. And when we ask him for it. He is faithful to give us discernment and wisdom. And that is what Paul is asking for. He's asking for his people, God's people, to be able to recognize God's voice and will in the midst of a crazy world. Isn't that hard to do? The world gets so loud. Sometimes we don't even know the voices in our head. We all have them. Don't act like I'm crazy. We all have voices in our head, okay? But I know this is true, okay? I'm a parent, and um, my kids know what they are allowed to do and not to do. I mean, why? Because we tell them many, 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 many times, okay? And even in a moment where they're faced with something we've never addressed or they've never known, they know the character of their parents, And what we expect. And they know us so well. Even if they're faced with something we could never imagine bringing up with our kids. My prayer. Hopefully. The voice they hear in their head is ours. So they know, okay, am I going to get busted for this? What would my mom say? I hope. I don't know about my son. He's a wild one. I hope it just runs through their head for just a second but they know us so well. They know how we're going to react, right? Our kids know. And that's the same relationship we have with the father when we get to know him, is that we know him so well, we know what to expect of his character. So do we know our father as intimately as we would know our parents? Her kids know us, that we can recognize his voice in the chaos of all the other voices. And so Paul is challenging us here. And I think the application that we can find here is that the knowledge that we have of God in our faith impacts every aspect of our life. And he's challenging us here. And I think he wants us to grow in a couple ways. I think he, one, wants us to grow in our conduct. And I think this is kind of like the first duh one, but we're going to talk about it. Because sometimes we need to be remembered, reminded of the simple things. Verse 10 says, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What we believe will be revealed in how we live. What we believe will be revealed, and how we live. now, how can we live up to the standard of a perfect God? Okay? I'm going to tell you something that's very surprising. We can't. <laughs> no one here can. okay But he knew that. God knew that would happen, and he didn't leave us alone for us to do this life on on ourselves. He made our hearts new as we step into relationship with him. He made our hearts new. so we desire. We have this pull towards these good and faithful and righteous things. He gives us that power through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And through the power of the Spirit, we are able to live in flesh but walk in faith. So we're able to live in the world that's really loud and still hear the voice of our Father. And I think he wants to develop in us. I think what Paul's prayer is, is is a level of effort to bear fruit in every good work. The, The effort that we put into the gaining knowledge of God will directly correlate to the type of fruit we have in our lives. And fruit is like what we produce because of our union with Christ. I love this. John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by, it, by itself, unless it remains in the vine, neither can you, unless you re- remain in me and I in you. So what is the fruit that he's wanting to see in our lives? As we are working towards producing this fruit by understanding God's character, by understanding his will, by understanding his word, what is he looking for? Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Is our knowledge transforming our hearts and thus transforming our life and behavior? So what we are working to learn about God, are we just going to be able to win all of the Facebook arguments? Or are we actually going to live differently? And I think the third thing here is knowledge. He's challenging us to grow in our knowledge. We're given life in him to live for him, and to cr- increase in our understanding of him. So he's asking, we as a church, the big church, the table church, he's asking us to grow in our understanding of who he is. It's like any other relationship. It's to grow in your intimate knowledge of each other. Who is God? What is his character? And the way that we live our lives by being transformed by that knowledge is how we bear fruit. And God has revealed himself to us and his will through his word. And so when you are wondering, am I growing spiritually? I don't know. Maybe no one thinks about that. But I have so many conversations with people that feel stuck, that feel disconnected. They don't know where to start. I don't know how to pray. I don't know where to start. Do I start on page one? Like they don't know what to do. And so it's, I think this is a bigger question than we like to think, because none of us have arrived. None of us arrives. If you finish reading this book, you get to the last page, you just flip it over, and you just start again. We never arrive. But I think there's some, some self-reflection that we can have to help us say, okay, where am I in this journey of growth? Do I have a deeper love for God's word? This is something I struggled with. I didn't always love God's Word. I was like, okay, I have to read my Bible. I'm going to open it. I'm going to read my devotional. I'm going to check it off, and I'm going to move on. And then I got stuck where something hard, really hard, happened in my life, and I had to ask myself, do I actually believe what I say I believe? And then I began to dig into God's Word and really sit with it and think about it. And it made me fall in love with Jesus even more, because I began to understand who he is. Thank the Lord I love my husband way more now than I did on our wedding day. We wouldn't have made it, because I had no idea what was coming. And we get to love the Lord more as we grow in love with his word. Do my life attitude, my, do my, does my life and my attitude reflect obedience to God's word? Am I showing that Galatians 5 fruit of the Spirit? Have I grown and I am, am I bearing fruit because of what I learned? Do I have evidence in my life? Do you have evidence in your life? Can you look and say, that's because God saved me? And I was faithful to share what he's done in my life with someone else. Can you say that? That knowledge is what transforms us and propels us into those relationships. And the last is perseverance. Verse 11. I should have worn my glasses today. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Life is hard. Every single one of us experienced some element of brokenness in our life. All of us. No one escapes it. And he, Paul, knew what knowledge does. So when we know God's character, when we understand his will, there is a comfort that makes zero sense. There is a comfort that makes zero sense. There's a sweet lady in our church who just lost her husband suddenly two two weeks ago. And she was like, I don't know why, but I'm okay. I'm sad, but I'm okay. It is I know she has a deep, intimate relationship with God. She is in his word. She is praying for wisdom and discernment. And she has peace that does not make sense. Paul knew we were going to need that. He knew that we would need to understand who Jesus is in a noisy, noisy world. And I think it's important for us not to forget, Paul is not writing this letter to you. He's writing this letter to us, to the church. He's writing a letter to the people of God because we cannot do this faith thing alone. We cannot do it. And, and this church was a mixture of, of Jews and Gentiles and people of different backgrounds and experiences and races, and, and they all came together. And the Bible is a collective message. It talks about us as a people. We tend to read it as an individual self-help book. It is not. It is a message to believers, the family of God, to do this together together. We have seen over the last few years like we feel more isolated but understand the need for community more. We get why people need community but we almost feel like we're even more isolated. And I'll be honest with you. When we talk about the fruit of the spirits, joy, peace, love, kindness, patience, it is super to be easy to do all of those things, to live that way when it's just me. I don't have kids I got to be patient for. I don't have the lady yet. Cutting me off in traffic, i got to be patient for and kind for, right? How are we supposed to work out these things in isolation, in a bubble? How do we grow? How are we challenged? How are we met with something that we have to exude the spirit of God? I don't know about you. I'm super patient by myself until my kids leave their socks on the floor. And then they're testing the spirit of God in me, Right? So community not only <laughs> helps us grow and work these things out, it also helps us point out blind spots in where we are missing the mark. It helps us see other people's faith and stand under that. I can't tell you how many times I've asked, for, will you please pray for me because I can't right now. My heart is broken, Please. And being able to do that and let someone else carry the burden is a gift. And we're so afraid of this. We're so afraid of being transparent that people are going to see us. And they're going to see our stuff. That we're so hesitant to get in community. And I, I, don't, I don't know why. We want friends, but we don't want friends to ask us the hard questions. We want fun friends, but then we're angry when we're alone, when we're at the bottom. There's a vulnerability that happens as we grow and we are in, in community with other people. We need other people. And we are so afraid of giving up our time, our comfort, um, prioritizing it. Man, we have pride. I don't need them. Oh my gosh, I'm going to deal with them. I don't want to give up, let people in my circle. There's so many things that we hang on to and we're missing the call that Jesus puts on every single one of us. If you call yourself a believer, you are not exempt to make disciples and make the name of Jesus great wherever we go. We are all called to that. No stage needed. And bearing fruit Isn't just being kind to the the barista or like not yelling at your kids when you step on the Lego for the millionth time or you know, those are all important. But are people asking why you're different? Can you produce evidence and fruit because of why you are different? Do you have people around you propelling you and pushing you and challenging you to live out the spirit of God? And and growth is incredibly important here at the table, but it's growth together is doing it in a community. I want you guys to watch this story because gr- community is incredibly important in some of the hardest times of our life. So you guys take a, take a look at this.
1: My name is Danny. I have a new life in Christ. I struggle with anger, control, and pride. My mom and dad got divorced when I was just a little baby. And my dad took off and I never saw him again. Um, my mom was left to raise me and my brother um, by herself at the age of 20. And after my real dad left, um, you know, it was about a nine year span that my mom raised my brother and I alone. She got with my stepdad when I was about nine years old. And he was a good guy. Um, he wasn't really involved in my activities or sports, he kind of just, he worked a lot. Both of my parents worked a lot. Um, you know, my whole sports upbringing, I played a lot of sports growing up, uh, football, basketball, wrestling. Um, my parents hardly attended any of my sporting events. Um, I remember, you know, I've, I've wrestled in over a hundred wrestling matches in my career and neither one of my parents saw a single one. Um, also thinking back you know my senior year uh playing football uh we my team made it to the state championship game and you know we lost the state championship game on a a last second block field goal which was you know like what you'd see out of a movie pretty dramatic and the the thing that stuck out the most to me was after the game like practically my whole team was crying and their parents came out of the stands to console them and hug them and I didn't have anybody there. Um, My parents weren't there, my brother wasn't there and it was just a, it was kind of a surreal moment for me. Just kind of, you know, the end of my senior year seeing just kind of how alone I was in, in a lot of ways. Discipline in my household was, you know, either get smacked Spanked with a belt or hit with this really large wooden spoon. Um, me and my brother got all three pretty often. Um, we also had a lot of babysitters growing up that used to beat the crap out of us pretty good. Um, that but that was that was our normal. We didn't know any different. Um, most of the time, we actually thought we had it coming. That um, was just that was that was our culture, I guess, our way of being brought up. There was zero faith growing up for me. We didn't, I would literally never stepped foot in a church or anything had anything to do with God in my life for my entire childhood. And I think I went to a, I went to a Spanish mass <laughs> with a friend of mine one time. because He was a Hispanic kid that that was the first time I'd ever stepped foot in a church. And I was like, I was 18 years old. I did that. Honestly, I never even, when I first went to church for real was when Matt and Melissa asked Jenny and I to come. this is when they used to go to a church called ACF down the road over there. That was, I mean, heck, I was almost 30 years old by the time I for real went to church, but I never actually, uh, I was just going just to go, it wasn't for me in any way. My, my faith didn't legit kick off until after I had my fall, you know, until what went down with, with my son and my marriage falling apart and all that. Um, there's a term I've come to know, it's called enlightenment at gunpoint. It's, uh, it's where somebody has like a traumatic event that happens in their life, or you know they they they're suffering from cancer, or somebody died, something something really traumatic changes their perspective on life pretty much forever, um, how they view things. Um, you know, my the event that happened for me was March 14th, 2019. Um, that night I I smacked my son. And I gave him a bloody nose. And the police were called. I was arrested, put in jail. And when I got out of jail, I found out I had a protective order against me and my wife wanted a divorce. I thought my life was over. You know, after I had my fall, um, there was a guy that introduced me to. This program called Regeneration, and you know that that imitation forever changed my life. Um, it basically introduced me to ha- you know how to walk with God, um, how to learn what you don't know. You know, Regen for me, this isn't. This isn't a accountability program. It's a it's a journey of discipleship. You know, anybody can sit at home and read a Bible and study on their own, but Regen, it's you're you're coming together every Monday after doing a week's worth of work, and you're you're talking about your life, your you're going over questions that the book dives deep into. Everything about your your life, your journey, what you don't understand. It, you know, it, it teaches you how to walk with God, and you know, you you come together every week and you sit and you hear these stories from other people who are broken just like you and you you understand that everybody everybody's broken in some way you know and how we how we deal with that brokenness who we look to for guidance you know it's it's crucial and region walks you through every step of that and you you're doing it with other people that have struggles just like you, and you know their struggles might be totally different than yours, but you're all, you know, we're all in the same, same boat basically. I don't like to use the term recovery. Um, for me, whenever I hear that, it sounds like you're you have an addiction to something and you're trying to get over that i like to use the word struggle um, everybody struggles with something you know whether it's anger control pride you know there's literally when you get into to region though the one of the first things they do is they hand you this sheet that has like over a hundred different struggles you know that people deal with and it's amazing how many things when you look at that list that you can you can look at and, and highlight and say man I I got that in my life too and before you know it you might have 20 30 things on there and I've, I've never met anybody that doesn't have something on that list that they got to deal with in their everyday life oh so, I mean it took me almost 18 months to get through the regeneration program I actually, started over um, halfway through it Um, (laughs) my life today compared to what it was you know before it's it's night and day Um, I had no relationship with Jesus whatsoever in my life Um, my marriage was in shambles Um, my kids literally feared their dad um now I mean my wife and I are, our marriage is stronger than it's ever been. Um my relationship with my children is the best it's ever been. We 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 now have put God at the front of our marriage and you know when we make decisions now as a family we're we're thinking about that before do anything else say something here I don't know if you want to put this in there or not so there's a there's a Christian author that I've come to know that I like a lot Um, his name's John Eldridge he's written you know several books I've read a lot of his stuff there's one book that I read Um, there's a phrase that he says in there that I think kind of encapsulates what regen is all about Um, he says this teach a man a rule and you help him solve a problem teach a man to walk with God and you help him solve the rest of his life My name is Danny. I have a new life in Christ. I struggle with anger, control, and pride. And I look forward to walking with God for eternity. Thank you.
0: To see... Redemption, growth, up close is a miracle, and when you are doing it in community, there's something that helps you keep going, and we all need it. Regeneration is a program that we're starting in a few months, in a few weeks, and it is not about. Um, just addiction, recovery, and we get hung up on that. It is about transformation through growth, transformation through understanding God's word. And I look at Danny's story. I've got to walk with him up close for a long time and the conviction of Paul's prayer so that you can live a life that walks worthy. I've watched this man come to know the Lord, understand his character and his will, and he's living a life that walks worthy. He is bearing fruit. And he has the tools and the capability of withstanding really hard things because he understands who God is and what God's will is for him. That's what growth does. That's what growth in community does. And I just want to encourage us this morning that whatever is is holding us back from having people where our commonality is Jesus and maybe that's it. I want to pray for you just like Paul prayed for this church that we will walk in a way that we're going to bring people to healing and freedom together. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for Danny's story. I thank you for his courage to share it. I thank you for the work that you have done in his life, Father. I echo Scripture this morning. I have a call to grow in a way that is transformative, that everything in our life looks different because we know who you are. We can hear your voice in the midst of noise and we can cling to your strength in the midst of chaos. Whatever is holding us back, Lord? Pride, anger, bitterness, fear, Whatever it is that's holding us back from being transformed by your word, help us be broken by it in a way that we just surrender. Father, I thank you today for the reminders that we've heard. And may we hear your voice above all else. So our lives are transformed and look different. So people in the world ask us, why are you different? And we can proclaim Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you as you are leaving today, there are some walls in the lobby. And if you're watching online, we'll include the links. There are places for you to get connected to grow get connected with other people to grow in relationship with Christ to find freedom and all that and you can scan a QR code it's super simple to sign up for a group please don't leave here without signing up for a group regeneration starts in a couple weeks we want our imagine if our community of believers walked outside of these walls completely free of bondage of sin and they're able to share that with people what would our community schools jobs lives look like And that's what we want. We want you to have people. Your commonality is Jesus. And those of you guys who call the table home and um, your regular attenders or partners here and you want to give to the ministries here at the table and what we do, you can do so really easily. You can scan the QR code on the seat back in front of you. You can give your gift as you're leaving, or you can give online as well, but please don't leave here today. If you want to pray with someone, talk with someone, I'll be up here to do that, but we love you. We are so thankful for this church, and we are so excited. The growth that 2020, oh my gosh, not 2020, 2022 is going to bring. Thank you guys so much for being here, and we'll see you guys next week.